From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Yup. Well, you know, there's that good old-fashioned <laughs> free <for> enthusiasm. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot of support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to, access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the fur link in the, at the bar of our homepage, or use blind-ninja-studios at checkout and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppenbrill Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Simpson, Phil Feldman, and Tyler Romanski. If you're looking to become a patron, um, head on over to patreon.com slash and become a patron today. Also, uh, if you become a patron at the $5 level or higher, you can hop in our chat and talk to us while we're doing the shows, uh, like good old Andy Higginbottom is doing right now. Hello. Shout outs to Andy. You can see what sort of weird stuff we do between episodes, which this this time this one's around, pretty pretty tame. Like Brian's kept his pants on the entire time. <laughs> I, it's my shirt. Last Halloween, I I took off my shirt. Yeah, because we had a little costume episode. <laughs> it was sexy time. Oh yes, it was a sexy episode. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Brian. What have you been up to beer-related, my friend? Man, literally not much. I okay. I kind of wasted all my stuff on the last episode, Understandable, so. understandable. We're drinking some cool beers tonight. We I drank Spotted Cow for the first time last uh, episode. Uh, so. Not for the first time ever. Uh, we need or, to well, like, for the first re- time rephrase that just a little yeah, bit. for the first time in a long time. Yeah. And yeah. I'll yeah. away your Wisconsin driver's license <laughs> there. God. Yeah, <laughs> right. The, they'll do the same thing if you have too many Spotted Cows. Mm-hmm. Not in Wisconsin, yeah, uh, that's but that's a, that's a that's a that's a that's a different conversation. Yeah. Anyway, what about you, man? Uh, yeah. So, uh, oh man, so I brewed another beer. We'll talk about that in just a second. I'm All also right. gearing up to head out to Germany. I'm very excited about this trip, and I'll tell you guys more about it after it happens. But I'm going to be out uh, out in Germany for the entire month of October. Uh, I'm going to hit the uh, one uh, one of the last uh, days of. Uh, Munich's Oktoberfest, um, find a couple of other beer festivals, and I'm going to uh, Pilsner Quell, which I'm very excited about. And then we're going to spend some time in uh, Pilsen and Prague, and then maybe make it out to Vienna. Oh. Eh, be a whole thing. So yeah, I'm really excited to tell you guys about that. Um, I don't know if we really have any German listener- listeners, but if you guys uh, have any uh, suggestions for... Um, Really lives about an hour out of Munich, but for like that, or the Bavarian area of Germany, like things I need to hit, let me know. The Bavaria. Bavaria. Get it? Area. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, so this beer that I brewed, uh, because I brewed, I figured the best time to let things lager is when I'm not around to fuck with them. <laughs> Yep. Well, it's just it just is what it is, um, and I'm not entirely sure what to classify this uh, this beer as. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what I classified it after I read the recipe, um, and after you uh, tell me what you would classify this beer as, Brian. We're gonna play a little game called Style This Beer. Well, ready, ready. 
All right, it is. I don't have percentages, but I. It's luckily it's very easy. Um, so, ninety uh, percent pills and malt. All right. What is that? Ninety percent? Yeah, that's ninety. We'll just say it's ninety percent. Ninety percent pills and malt. Ten percent Munich. Um. Well, not quite. Oh man. I, all right. I need my percentages. Give me my percentages. Why won't you give me my percentages? This is very irritating. Here. Oh, here we go. I found it. Okay. 87% uh, Best Malts Pilsen. 8.5% uh, Best Malts Munich. And 4.5% uh, Carapils from Brees. Wah, wah. Yeah. 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 Do yeah. it again. Okay. Uh, 87%. Uh, Best Malt's Pilsen. Okay. Eight and a half percent Munich from Best Malt's. Uh, and four and a half percent Carapils from Brees. Oh, it sounds delicious. Right? <laughs> whatever, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. Sounds delicious. Um, and then I did, if I look at my little uh, shenanigans here. Oh, hey, I found the, I found the percentages again. Uh, 13 IBUs of Saz and 13 IBUs of Tetanang at 60 minutes, and then Flame Out of uh, Saz and Tetanang. Yeah, sounds like you had some noble hops. Yeah, um, and then I pitched a Y East Oktoberfest East. Oh, Mertzen. Which one? Mertzen East. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba, because I did uh, terrible notes on this one, I need to look it up. Oh, uh, there's also a mystery ingredient in this beer that I forgot to say. Uh, oh, 2633, Oktoberfest Lager Boy. Okay. Um, I also threw in a mystery amount of uh, that, you remember that, that, um, that crystal, uh, that uh, crystal rye. Yeah. And I threw in a mystery amount of that, and also a mystery amount of the bourbon. Um, uh, of the bourbon one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. From uh, Sugar Creek because it was around, and I wanted to darken the color. I'm wearing a sh yeah, I'm wearing a Sugar Creek shirt. Yep. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was probably about I'd say uh, four to six ounces of each of those. Okay. In this in this beer. So not the most precise. I will never be able to brew this beer again. What are you calling it? I'm calling it an Oktoberfest. All right. <laughs> <laughs> calling it a Casey's fest beer. answer to not having the correct malts <laughs> is just to throw some shit in there. You know, but that being said, like that the Oktoberfest that Hop and Barrel makes, that is uh that was a malt room beer too. <laughs> and it's one of our and it's solid uh, like it's a really beers. good beer uh yeah it's kind of a malt room beer it's a like so i had these sitting around as like a pills uh attempt and i'm like i didn't like it because there's too much shit going on for a pilsner yeah. and i'm like how do i fix this i'm like how about we just throw more things in it yeah that always helps and right <laughs> jeez it was the right things though basically i i upped the roast a little bit and added uh some caramel sweetness I think it'll work. I don't know. I, I think I, it will too. The 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 wart tasted uh, incredible. I'm I'm, you know, like I'm pumped to try it. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll try it in November when I get back. 
We're gonna have a little. Uh, we're gonna have a little uh, logger fest for uh, Nacho Day this year. So. I got. All right. All right. So our commercial calibration today is Rattaburger uh, Zwickle Pilsner. Oh boy, Zwickle beer. Or Rattaburger Pilsner Zwickle beer. I see one thing on this can already that will make some people happy, and that is the word hazy. (laughs) (laughs) So what do we know about Zwickle beer, or do you want to read the can first? Well, uh, so while our Rattaburger Pilsner is already very special, the brewery loves to provide unique and exclusive taste experiences. We call it Rattaburger Pilsner Zwickle beer. This uh, special brew goes through the exact same brewing process as our Pilsner. The only difference, it's bottled right before filtration. The result, a perfectly crafted hazy Zwickel beer with a milder, sweeter taste. Why is it called Zwickel beer, you ask? It's a historical name based on the so-called Zwickel. The Zwickel is the literal tap handle on the brewing tanks, uh, which used to let our brewmasters take samples before bottling. Yeah, so Zwickel... And I, you know, I, this is without Googling it. This is like anecdotal. This is what I remember being told when I was kind of coming up brewing about 10 years ago. Well, the Zwickel is just literally like, that's a little spout on the side of a conditioning tank. Um, you can put them on fermenters, whatever, but like you kind of unscrew it and it'll, some beer will come out. Um, and it's usually... It's not like on, on the cone. It's a little bit above the cone. And then you can add like a pigtail apparatus to it um, in order to make the beer come out less foamy. Uh, just diffuses. It gives it a little bit of a path, you know, to yep. to come down to make it less, uh, le- just less like foamy. And to it'll knock less CO2 out. But I wouldn't try to put a ZOM or... Uh, CO2 testing device on on a pigtail, but I would absolutely uh, connect it to the the Zwickel. The Zwickel. Um, I I know I've had Radeberger Pils. I don't know if I've had the uh, the Pilsner uh, Zwickel beer. I don't think I have either. Um, this is uh, this is also from a listener, listener Tyler. So shout out Tyler. Um, yeah. yeah, really appreciate this. So yeah, this you know I mean if. Uh, if if we're talking about hazy IPA, like why don't people want hazy pilsner then? Because we don't. <laughs> I don't really need. I, I never wanted hazy beers. So this is basically just yeah. an unfiltered German. Lager. It's unfiltered, um, but also like calling this hazy is generous. Like it's about yeah, as hazy as that spotted cow was. It it does have so yeah. If you don't like, I guess we can go into aroma. But yeah, it it is very definitely. It has like that pilsner aroma. Oh man, it's like slightly spicy and and spicy is what I was gonna say. Yeah. Oh man, it has that that beautiful. It, it's a it's a pilsner, but don't ever shrug when you say it's a pilsner. Pilsners are fucking delicious, and we need more of them. More good ones. This is some some Ooh. That's a beefy malt. Like there's a Oh man, I got like just throat punched with hops. Like Yeah, this is extremely bitter. And I kind of for, love for it. the style. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, me too. Um and then there's like it's, chewy's not the right word, but I feel like I'm chewing my pills now. It's chewy. It's it's grainy. Yes. How about that? Yeah. 
It is not malty sweet. It is grainy. It is grainy and it is spicy and it is bitter. And this is this is this ain't your daddy's pilsner. You know what I'm saying? Like this is your grandpappy's pilsner. Like he was drinking this and then taking pulls of Old Crow. Like he's just. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do think this beer, though, since it's a Zwickel beer, it should taste like it's right off the tank, right? Yeah, like, and I feel like that's what this tastes like. I do too. It is. It's super bitter, and I maybe that's, maybe that's why it should be tasting like it's right off the tank, or it does. Yeah, it could, definitely could be like. Mm-hmm. I, I keep I keep waiting to get like little like bits of hot matter in my in my throat, like or in my teeth, like. Yeah. That's that's the mouthfeel I'm getting from it. Same. I kind of love it. This is oh my god, this is fantastic. I would drink a liter or two of this, no problem. I would probably stop after a liter, but because of how hoppy it is, honestly, it's very hoppy. <laughs> after the first liter, the second liter doesn't count, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's often what happens when you and I go drink bells too hearted. That's gosh. Oh man, this is very good. If you guys can find uh, the Radeberger Radeberger Pilsner's Vickel beer anywhere, it's please good. pick it up. Oh my god, this is very fantastic. Good. Very pumped about this beer. Oh, this is so good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, should we dive into our discussion topic for the day? Yeah. Um, this is uh, this is an interesting one. I think we've glanced upon this topic before. I don't, but I figured we should probably do like a deep dive into it. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know. I started dating somebody who's gluten free, so like this is a thing that I have to keep like in my head now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna talk about gluten free brewing. Uh, there's some unique challenges to it. There's, I mean, it's 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 a very like new science, com- like comparatively. Like, brewing specifically to, like, not have gluten. So, uh, first we need to talk about the difference between gluten-free and gluten-reduced or low-gluten. Yeah. So, there's two ways to make this. The first is uh, to use malt from naturally gluten-free cereals, which we'll get into more later, which is mostly, like, different grasses or, like, your pseudo-cereals, such as, like, sorghum, millet, buckwheat, rice, quinoa, maize... Um, these all have slightly different aromas and flavors to regular beer. So the second method is to produce a beer using, using a gluten containing malt and then introduce a process to reduce the gluten comp, uh, content. So it complies with the law and gluten free. Uh, I don't think anything that starts with gluten is ever going to be gluten free. Yep. It'll but, be gluten reduced. Yeah. So reduce, you can get it down to 20 PPM or less, or you should, if you want it to be considered gluten free or gluten reduced. And one way of doing this is to use an enzyme at the start of the fermentation process to break down the gluten protein. Yep. Uh, specifically clarity firm from uh, white labs. Yep. Brewers Clarex uh, is another is, is the patented product. And so it's also, you can also use this to reduce the chill haze in beer. So it's a protease enzyme. Uh, and this uh, degrades the gluten below 20 PPM threshold. So being, it can be labeled gluten-free. This type of beer has been made from barley. So by law, the labeling also has to say uh, contains barley. Yeah. And this allows people to identify them. Um, yep. And, uh, and it gives you, so like if, and if you're going to label something gluten-free 
uh, like you also um, you also have to make sure like the equipment scrubbed. Mm-hmm. The facility doesn't have any like gluten containing ingredients in it. Yeah, there's um, a, a brewery near us, uh, Burning Brothers, that Burning Brothers only yep. makes gluten free beer. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I was two beers in before I realized it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh wow, I didn't realize it. Um, I was also very nervous. It was a whole first date situation. That was years ago, but. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah. Uh, so why why do we even care about brewing gluten-free or gluten-reduced beer? Uh, that's because there are some people out there who are unlucky and are like, well, specifically celiacs. Yeah, celiac is the one where, like, you going to die. So it's lo- yeah. gluten is linked to celiac disease, and so this is like it's an autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it triggers inflammation in your small intestines when you eat gluten. So over time, it'll damage the lining of your small intestine, and that'll cause you to absorb less nutrients, which is bad. So is bad. about 30% of the population carries the genes that cause celiac um, but only a small number of people with these genes actually have it. So there are a lot of people that just get a little bit of a tummy ache. They're um, gluten sensitive, and they're exactly they're gluten sensitive. But celiac is like you're like you're gonna you're you're yeah. gonna be in a rough shape, fatigue, vomiting, constipation. Yeah, yeah pain, like celiac, Crohn's, like a lot of these. Like, <laughs> there's no cure for it. The only treatment really is to just remove it from your diet. Um, a condition called non-celiac gluten sensitivity is what we were kind of talking about before. Uh, and yeah. Um, okay. That's what I know. All right. So uh, let's let's talk about specialty malts. Um, we'll kind of dive into that first, and then we'll talk about what traditional uh, ingredients that we can, that we can use. Uh, we'll talk about yeast because there's some special cases there. Um, and then finally, we're going to talk about process changes that you need to make if you're using some of these other ingredients. Um, and through my research, I found this really cool uh, specialty malt house um, that specializes in only um, gluten-free malts. Uh, Grouse Malt House. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the link there, Brian, if you want to take a look at some point. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, they, they do a lot of killing of millet malt in order to get uh, a lot of like the Lovabond stuff that we see in, um, in, our, in our barley malts. Like they have like Munich millet and pale millet and Vienna millet and stuff like that. So they're trying to mimic the flavors and coloring that we get from barley, but using millet. They have lots of products, but yeah, millet is like a small seeded grass that's widely grown around the world as it definitely as a cereal crop or grain for fodder or for human food. Or if you've got like pet birds um, it's like kind of bunched up and they, and they love snacking on that. Yep. Um, another one, uh, that's very common is sorghum. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you have, uh, flavor profiles on these or you had flavor profiles on these that you were reading off, right? Yeah. Some, some of them I'm, okay. I'm working on it, but yeah, like your, your sorghum is a, is, a about 25 different species of a flowering plant in the grass family. And some of these species are known. Uh, are, are they're grown as cereals for human consumption and in some pastures for animals, which probably likely was mostly for animals until they, you know, people figured out that yeah, I could make beer out of them. Yep. Um, a buckwheat is another one. Um, my like my real only like running with buckwheat is like with buckwheat honey and uh, like buckwheat bags because 
Mm. Like you, they would throw in the microwave and make warm, like kind of like corn we, corn bags. Um, and yeah, so like malted butt week, like creamy, soft, nutty, like is what they're saying on grouse malt. Yeah, um, and, well, and it has and it has a very distinct flavor. It has a buckwheat flavor. I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe that flavor. <sighs> it's just kind of buckwheat. It's, it's more buckwheaty, and I mean, unless you really understand like how, just like, like malty, like. Gosh, I just, it's hard to even. It's say, it's like, it's uh, so buckwheat itself tastes a lot like um, a lightly roasted malt. Right. And so another kind of interesting piece is you always hear about like beers that are made in Africa are a lot of them are made of sorghum because sorghum is super versatile and it's definitely very drought tolerant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally we have uh, quinoa, specifically flake quinoa, which is like earthy, um, green peppery. Yep. Um. So, I mean, yeah. So, we're, we're dealing with different flavors, but these are kind of, like, our bases and stuff. Yeah. A lot of these are actually, all of them are technically, for like, grass. Yep. Uh, buckwheat, grass. Um, but, I mean, wheat's a grass as well, and so is uh, barley. Mm-hmm. So, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're sticking to the same family, the things that we know. Mm-hmm. Pseudo cereal. Um, yep. Um, and then, so, there's traditional ingredients that we can use. Corn. Uh, we all know, like, malted corn, flake corn. Um, we know how to use that in beer, uh, rice, same way, rice syrup, flaked rice, um, oats, flaked oats are good. Mm-hmm. Like no gluten in our oats. Another p- potential challenge is the high protein content of all of these. So the thing to think about when we're brewing with them is your, like for sure your grist to water ratio has got to be. Yep. Uh, yeah. We're, we'll hit. We'll hit that when oh, we hit, sorry, the, hit the process. I'm not looking at the notes, am I? Yep. No. 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 But that's uh, that's that's exactly where my brain went Just to. Just riffing because like <laughs> all of a sudden, like we're talking about everything. Everything we're talking about is sticky. Just started thinking about like a buckwheat mash and yeah, and you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So yeast. So we 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 covered. Uh. So our hops are fine. They're like we're we're good there. Uh, but yeast, uh, we have we have an interesting thing that we have to worry about, specifically liquid yeast, mm-hmm. because liquid yeast is propagated and stored using non gluten free ingredients. Yeah, uh, why? Why? Because it's brewer's yeast, mm-hmm. right? And so they make a wort. So they're feeding it with. They're feeding it with with yeah with with gluteny wort. So dry yeast is good to go. Yeah. Right. So if you want to be safe, use dry or, yeast. Yeah, don't like reuse gluten yeast on don't, your. Yep. Yeah, don't reuse pitches. Um, use 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 a fresh prop of dry, or um, Omega is now making gluten free liquid yeast. That makes sense. They would, wouldn't they? Yep. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a growing it's a growing part of the market, and like it's niche for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like that, that's something to, uh, to keep in mind of, we already talked about other products like clarity firm that you can use to reduce the amount of gluten in your just regular beers. But if we want to stick with just these, uh, these pseudo cereals, um, 
the the biggest changes that we're going to see are the mash. Fermentation, boil should be the same. It's just this mash is going to be interesting. Um, and the biggest thing, Brian was onto it right away. There's no husks on any of these. <laughs> like we're doing we, a, we entirely need husk, husks. Yeah. So like, if again, if you're new and if you're not, sorry, but like when we talk about mashing, we're talking about we've talked about mill gapping or like trying to make your grist like we don't even we don't even call it um grinding when we're milling we call it it's referred to as cracking even at the brewery like we have to refer to the um we have to refer to the the mill as a cracker Oh, not a crusher? A cracker? No, uh, no, not a crusher. It has to be a cracker. And that has a lot more to do with, like, the way the mill dust might cause a giant explosion. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but for our purposes, it's good to think about it as a cracker anyway, because we want the husk to be as intact as possible yeah. for a filtration bed. And in this case... Um, the computer died and that's all right. Oh, <laughs> and in this case, uh, we really want as, you know, to, as many husks as possible, uh, in order to have a good filtration bed so that we don't in fact end up with a stuck mash. And how do we do that with rice hulls? Yeah. Rice um, hulls to the, the research that I found said at least, uh, 15%. Oh gosh! I mean, and I would have, I would also have um, some more on hand too. And they also make a an enzyme product that helps with that as well. Yep. Uh, Pro malt. Um, yes. Uh, so that's that's the big thing. We don't have anything to set any kind of filter, so we need to add that in. Also, turns out we don't have any enzymes to break down the starches into simple sugars. Yep. Um, so we have to add our own. Um, Why, when we're having, uh, like, malt, uh, two-row barley, why? Uh, so a lot of those enzymes are going to come from our, uh, from, from our barley, right? During yep. the, uh, uh sacri sacrification, sacrification, mm -hmm. sacrification, mm -hmm. uh, um, rest where those enzymes are super active and they are attacking those starches and breaking it down, uh, four, seven, nine, zero. Um, that's right. Now everybody can get into that laptop specifically. <laughs> I can't get it to go anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you had, you had Andy on there, man. I did. I'm sorry, Andy. I'll, I'll pull it up over here. Okay. Um, yeah. So we have these, uh, like, so I found this really cool, um, website called gluten-free home brewing. <laughs> And it's all about uh, brewing like gluten-free beers and that. And they they had a couple of uh, enzymes there, like Andia Pro uh, liquid enzyme and uh, Ceramix Flex liquid enzyme, which basically are like it's just packaged uh, amylase enzymes yep. that you. Yep, that'll help you convert <laughs> starch to sugar. Yeah. Um. Sometimes when we're new, we have to push buttons that we don't want to push. 
Yeah, sorry about all the technical difficulty. Ah, uh, you know what? It happens. I forgot my computer at home. Right, and, and so, you, like, my setup's different, and there we go. And we're back, Andy. All right. Okay, so... Um, uh, so these enzymes also prefer a lower pH, so we need to monitor the pH and adjust with lactic acid. Uh, but bonus there, um, so you know how as soon as you like mash in your um, like your conversion starts immediately. Yeah, you don't have that issue with these gluten-free malts, so you can take your sweet time to get your pH dialed in perfectly before adding your enzymes. Nice. You get the perfect amount of enzymatic activity and the perfect pH. That's kind of neat. Um, but also, um, step mashing is an absolute necessity because uh, of the different grains and the added enzymes. So no matter what, you have to do a mandatory um, 20 to 30 minute protein rest at 120 to 130 degrees Fahrenheit or 49 to 54 degrees Celsius because that's when these enzymes are active. And you don't have like, and they're they're extremely um, temperature sensitive. Um, and then we get to skip uh, the sack rest completely, which is your normal mash temp, like one fifty one or whatever, right? Like, so we we skip that entirely, and we go straight to a um, a high temp mash out of one seventy to one seventy five. So higher than we normally would because we want to stop all enzymatic activity, but we need to get hot enough to gelatinize all of the starches in the cereals. Gotcha. So we can get them into solution and we can get them out of the out of the thing. Um, and this is going to denature all of your enzymatic activity, so any conversion will stop. Um, and Brian, do you think an iodine test would work here? No. No? Because that's uh, specifically looking for... Um, Enzyme or the the starches in barley. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to think of uh, some kind of like easy test that you could do to see if all of your starches have been broken down. But yeah, if the iodine test isn't going to work, mm -mm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, after that, you just, uh, you're going to have a very slow router, Lando. Hey. No, isn't very good. Where'd his ball go? I don't know. Oh, here. Oh. He put it up on the table and they got then lost it. Yeah. What a dumb dog. Uh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh. All right. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I have for um, for for this episode here. Sorry, it got a little uh, little wonky here at the end. Yeah, sorry about that. Just technical difficulty. Uh, another yeah. thing to mention, I think, is that you can still use. Um, uh, you can still like toss some gypsum in here, so I I could quick rattle off like yeah, a, yeah, go ahead. like an IPA recipe. I would use um, half a half a teaspoon of gypsum in this recipe, um, five gallon batch. Uh, this is uh, <coughs> uh, extract, by the way, because I think this is probably a good way to oh go. uh yeah that reminds me i uh in my research on this um use candy sugar it was i think it was breeze mm -hmm. um came out with a gluten-free uh extract yep i bet and then uh I'm, I, I bet a lot of them did but you can use these candy sugars so this makes this a good candidate for like an ipa or like a belgian uh so five pounds liquid white sorghum extract not the sorghum molasses. And you got to make sure that 
It's grain-derived, okay? Uh, 27 ounces of D45 amber candy syrup, 21 ounces of raw unfiltered buckwheat honey. Uh, and then if you want, you can kind of go half to a pound of maltodextrin, depending on how full of a, of a body you want. Um, no, kind of like keep it classic with sea hops. Throw an ounce of Columbus. Uh, it's, you know, at, uh, let's see here. Shoot, now I gotta scroll down. Ounce of Columbus, I would say. Um, you're gonna want to do a one and a half uh, ounces of Cascade and two and a half ounces of Centennial. Uh, keep it real, and then a dry US05 uh, is where I would go with it. Uh, I would sh- it should that should get you about get you to about ten fifty seven. Um. Rehydrate. Uh, gosh, I'm always on the fence about rehydrating dry yeast. I just the answer is no. Just we uh, we we talked about that during have our we yeast. really yeah. Oh, we have. Of course, we, we talked about that. Uh, what have we it's, not it's, talked about? I think it's um like half of it, or was it? Your viability goes way down with uh, with rehydrating. That's what it is. Yeah, definitely don't rehydrate then. Um, yeah, it's like so 25 percent or something dies. I would add the Columbus at 60. Uh, and then uh, 15, uh, sorry, 10 minutes for Centennial and five minutes uh, the Cascade. Uh, zero minutes removed from the heat and you can kind of like slowly add your sorghum and your buckwheat to this throughout um, the boil. Oh, for an extract? Yeah. It doesn't need to all go in at the same time. Yeah, I, so you would do it kind of, I would, I'm assuming you would do it a lot like you would do a uh, partial mash. Yeah. Like when you're extract brewing where you make like the seeping bag and this, you do that before you uh, isomerize all your alpha. Yeah, this is all like extract, that. but like you can just boil and isomerize. Really, you can get away with adding the other um, syrups in like way later. Yeah. Like they, they only need to be boiled for about 10 minutes. Yeah, basically long enough to sanitize. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, if, if any of you guys uh, have any experience with uh, brewing with these other cereals, or I guess pseudo-cereals. Yeah, because we uh, do let not, us know. and there's uh, a bunch of other stuff out there that we could talk about. But Yeah, no, and, and it's kind of fascinating to me. Like, we've spent so much time talking about very specifically, like, barley. We have spent hours talking about barley, and it's fascinating to talk about some other stuff. And also the science behind having to specifically add enzymes in in order to get some of this other stuff to ferment is fascinating to me. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. You can follow us on Instagram at blindnewsstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks.